2: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the second guest show. Mike DeToya, along with the uh, Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're live at the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. Bobby J. and I will be on until 8 o'clock tonight. Certainly a lot to talk about, and LSU gave us a lot to talk about, but, man, Florida State really gave us a lot to talk about, Bob. Uh, we talked about this for weeks, how good Florida State is. And, you know, I've, I've said it. I think Florida State's the toughest team they'll play all year long, best quarterback. But I did not think they would get dominated up front along the offensive and defensive lines. LSU got dominated. They got out-coached, they got out-played, out physical, And the game score is no indication of the dominance of Florida State after halftime. They just took over. And their will uh, and their power game and their big play receivers really took over that football game in the second half.
0: Well, and then you look at the first half, um, LSU reached the Seminole's red zone, what, five of their six possessions? Yep. Come on. um, When you don't capitalize and you don't score, I mean, they'll come back to bite you. And I was like, uh, that's not good. We're only up 17-14. You felt like they should have been up a couple of touchdowns. But you look at uh, LSU's now, what, um, they've lost their fourth uh, straight uh, season-opening loss. You go back to Mississippi State, remember uh, Mike Leach, what occurred in 2020, UCLA in 2021. Was that uh, Hurricane
3: Ida? Yeah, remember I, that? And it then, was the Ida game.
0: I remember I, 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 was, in, I was in Ida. Fairhope, Alabama uh, listening to that. And then we all know Florida State last year, but then this year was just an embarrassing performance. And you know play next year? USC? USC. Yeah, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, but the USC don't have a defense, but that could be a, a shootout because yes. th- they won't have the quarterback. Right? No, Caleb will be playing yeah, in the so, NFL. At least uh, that's I, the good I, point. I think we have a great chance uh, to break that streak. But, look, is the Tigers' longest uh, since dropping five straight uh, from 1991 to 1995. But uh, that's like Tallahassee South, if you think of Orlando. Florida State is now 11 wins, zero losses, two ties all time in Orlando. It has won nine straight since they had a 17-17 tie with the Georgia Bulldogs in the 84 uh, Citrus Bowl. So, Mike, uh, they've had LSU's number, and Orlando is like their second um, home field <laughs> when you think what they've done and never lost. And So now against LSU, they've played them 11 times, and they're 9-2. So that just from a historical perspective. But look, and also, uh, this is embarrassing. Uh, the 44 points were the most allowed in the season opener by an AP Top 5 team since 1936, before World War II. So again, that, that's nothing uh, to write home about when you look at that. But they got out-muscled. They got uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage, uh, being unable to get Florida State off the field on third down. Mike, we talked about this. That, uh, okay, this happened last year. The quarterback making plays and uh, scrambling. So I think that's why they wanted to utilize Perkins as a spy. But, uh, you know, getting, like, uh, we got him where we want him, third and long, and they're still able the to complete uh, because you have to give the quarterback, uh, Jordan Travis, a lot of credit on that. But, Mike, on third down, and you got to count fourth down because how we're going for it and being aggressive. LSU, if you think about third down and fourth down, Mike, we were 10. uh, I mean, I should say we were 3 of 13. 3 of 13 on third and fourth down, and if you count them, they were 10 of 15.
3: Man, Bob, 10 of 15? Man, a coach would give up all the teeth in his mouth to have that week in, week out.
0: Well, you want to be, like, hovering around 50%. So, um... If they'd have had 20 attempts, Mike, uh, that would have been at 10 of 20. But they were 10 of 15, and LSU counting uh, the fourth down ended up being uh, 3 of 13. That's why they ended up having the ball. I want to say it was right at nine minutes more uh, than LSU in, uh, in, 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 uh, in in that second half. Yeah, but-
3: Bob, it, actually the possession time, 34-20. Uh, for Florida State, Was it 25-16. So nine LSU. minutes. That's what I said. Yeah, I said exactly. uh, yeah. I said, so yeah it's that's, about that's about, a
0: big difference. No, they, they controlled the admin flow of the game and the tempo. Uh, look, uh, we had a three-point halftime lead, but I, I wasn't comfortable there. And then when Florida State scores on five straight drives in the second half, and when I when I saw that, I mean, no, I so said that's when it's uh, embarrassing, to say the least. And um, before I comment on this. Uh, this is just from a football perspective as far as strategy. And this is what Coach Kelly said. Coach Kelly, uh, he wasn't trying to cover his behind. He said, like, uh, and he has to hold himself, all the coaches accountable. For some reason, we thought we were somebody else, Coach Kelly said. We thought we were the two-time national champion Georgia Bulldogs for some reason, and we were mistaken, to say the least. Mike, and then uh, if you look at it, I mean uh, – it's like an adventure when we're trying to feel a punt. I mean, I'm even looking at the first punt, Greg Clayton. I don't know how he even caught that ball. It was he, almost over the top of the He caught it pen. over his head, falling down backwards. I'm like, oh. And then all of a sudden, uh, you have Aaron Anderson back there, and he muffs a punt uh, at the 21-yard line. And I don't know. We get the only interception. Deuce Chestnut, we get it That's right back. That's about the only
3: big play he made yeah
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm thinking, well, maybe uh, it's going to end up being in our favor in, uh, in that regard. But, Mike, uh, the the one thing, uh, if you look at it, that I don't understand that why do you go backwards to go forward? Bobby, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm talking about getting in the shotgun. What if you got first and goal with the one-yard line and we're in the shotgun? Don't you challenge or work with your offensive line? To me, if you're on the two-yard line, you get in the center and you should be able to punch it in. Uh, um, like uh, two yards or a yard, whatever it might be, on with four snaps. But, no, we, we, we're we going backwards to go uh, f- uh, uh, forward. To me, you got to get under the center. That happened um, with Miles Brennan. Remember the Missouri game right at the end when we didn't score? I even told Coach O that. I go, uh, well, why are, you, why, are you, why are we getting in the shotgun to go forward? We're going to work on that. Yeah, uh, but he, he, sa- that. he said we're going to work on that, but to me, that has to change. You can have new school football and all that, but you have first and goal of the one, and you can't score. Uh, come on. That, that, that I mean, Florida State was better than LSU, like I said. They out us in their trenches, but they weren't that much better. So, to me, you have to have a handful of plays or something that you could feel like, so what if they know we're running? We're going to be able to get a yard on four attempts. So, that's why I think you need to be.
3: And don't run the center. it to the right side. Man, Bob, they got crushed every time they ran the ball to the right. Now, I will say on the left side, with Garrett and also with Will, they got a little bit better right, push. Right. But on the right side, they got pushed back. That was a surprise. Yeah,
0: Will only got beat one bad time By on the first, pass rush. Yeah. yeah, but you'd expect that. That's like NFL, first NFL. Now, this is another thing. On the fourth down, when we're in the shotgun, and they remember uh, when Daniels got crushed for that 13 yard sack. I don't know who's coaching the wide receivers or whatever. (laughs) They're blitzing, and we're not running blitz routes. They're staying covered. So people might have said, oh, Jay Daniels, what is he doing? What is he doing? No, I looked at all the routes. It was a bunch of BS stuff. Like, what are they doing? Do the receivers not understand that Florida State is uh, blitzing? You have to, like, a quick slant, a quick out. You can't, like, go hook up and stay covered. And so that, that's why he got sacked on that play. But, I mean, again, why, if you're on the one-yard line, are you even passing the football? Don't you want it man-to-man that, you know what, we're going to run this thing in? Oh, no, but you're getting in the shotgun. So, again, you're going backwards to go forward. And you got first and goal the one-yard line. No, that 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 was very discouraging when I saw that, and that happened in the first half. And uh, so we left, we left two touchdowns on the table and instead of being up, you know, double digits, Mike, um, uh, 14 or maybe, maybe
3: more, we'll be up by three points. Bob, the one thing as advertised was, and we, you and I have talked about this for the past couple of weeks, these king-size receivers for Florida State versus LSU cornerbacks Man, I heard all this talk about Deuce Chestnut, and, and I get it. He was a good player at Syracuse. He ain't playing guys like this week in, week out. Well, Mike,
0: I, I'd beg to differ a little bit there. You know why? Because Syracuse is in the same
3: conference. So he's played against them. He's played against Syracuse them. Syracuse against Florida But State. he don't play against them every day. He looked like well, no, he was no, lost. But
0: what I'm saying, I'm not saying he should have stopped them. But, Mike, I, I don't think he was overwhelmed as far as playing against those guys. They're just better than him. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but what I'm saying, but Syracuse is in the same ACC the, as Florida but State. But you don't
3: see guys like that. Well, he saw we, them,
0: though. He saw he them. He saw
3: them. Yeah. But Keon Coleman was playing at Michigan yeah. State, so but, he ain't seen him. But he him. saw Wilson. The but six he saw foot foot Johnny Wilson. The six foot seven Here's guy. Here's the crazy part. Keon Coleman last night from Opelousas, Louisiana. We've talked so much about him over the last week or so. Oh, he was, the, he, was the, he was the MVP. Okay, he caught nine passes last night for 122 yards, three touchdowns. He dropped two passes. He dropped two that hit his hands. He couldn't catch it. Johnny Wilson, Jr., the 6'7", he, and a he half dropped receiver, a couple. He caught seven passes for 104 yards. He dropped two passes last night. Bob, and I'm talking about when they were touching it, there was nobody around him. They were
0: wide open. Well, we we all said that uh, we had to get a pass rush to help our pass defense. And without Perkins uh, rushing the passer and he's spying. LSU out-schemed Perkins. Uh, They uh, took him out uh, of the way. Coach Kelly and we got out-coached bad. It wasn't even close. And I think Coach Kelly acknowledged that. that, that, that They got humbled. They got out-coached. And look how explosive Florida State was. They had nine passes of 15 yards or more, four of them for 40 yards or more. Mike, you went to my chunk plays? Well, uh, if you don't get a pass rush, they're going to get those chunk plays, and that's what they did against us. But I'm looking at Perkins. Okay, Mike, he ended up with, uh, what, five tackles. It's like you don't even really remember. But no sacks, no tackles for a loss, uh, no quarterback hurries, no pass defended. So he was a non-factor. He was not a game-changer. Now, I don't know if they bring him back and, Mike, uh, the experiment, uh, if they're still going to keep him in the middle and understand the strategy uh, to use them as a spy, considering what happened last year on third down. Uh, when, you, when you really think about it, how uh, Travis Jordan, we, we thought we had him stop, but he'd always make plays with his feet. But you know what Florida State was doing? They knew LSU was going to use Perkins probably as a spy. Did you notice even when he would step up and Perkins might have thought he had him, they had a blocker Parker. right there for him and blocking. And it was like, oh, so say like Perkins was non-existent, just waiting for him to run. And then Jordan, he, he couldn't beat the block, so he couldn't even get Travis
3: Jordan as a spy. The one thing with, with Jordan, Travis, it, and how poised he is, a couple times you got pressure on him. Man, Savion, uh, a couple times got some real backside pressure. He escaped it, and he threw it to a wide-open guy down yeah. field. He didn't panic, Bob. Under pressure, the only time he panicked,
0: he had a with, brain fart with, with the interception. Uh, uh, no, the interception, and then the one by the goal O-line line too. And, and then, and then he settled down after after that. He was outstanding. Yeah,
3: but he had two brain farts. I would say but, that's all. And, man, you talk about a guy that can play, and he had five drop passes last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, five. Well, so well, you can say, oh, LSU then dropped the ball all over. Well. Florida State did, too.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Mike, and, and if, if people want to say the quarterback gets too much of the glory, too much of the blame, that uh, Jane Daniels uh, was the reason maybe why uh, didn't take care of business, uh, then you don't know football. Uh, to me, you just look at the line of scrimmage, offensive defensive line, and uh, they got I, I, you know what I'm telling you? I think right now, I, I'm telling you. Until they show me different, LSU's receivers are overrated. They don't come up. But can, let me tell you why I say that. Everybody thinks like, oh, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. They can't hold their jock. The receivers we have right now, you might think potential-wise, they don't make enough plays. They're not on the level of Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Now, LSU fans don't want to hear that. You know, it's maybe true. this sphincter's tightening up or whatever, and all that to catch the ball. But Mike, you know, oh, we're just gonna like why receiver. You gonna continue? That's why. Do you really appreciate the level that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase is? Now we hope these young guys can get there. But Mike, they're not there. Look, look. Uh, okay, uh, now Malik Neighbors, he fell down the interception. Now I can go on and on about that. People think like, oh, we're just gonna keep the, the next receiver up. Now physically. They might look the part. They might be awesome in practice. But what do you do game day?
3: They're too inconsistent. Yes, too inconsistent. Too inconsistent. Exactly. inconsistent. Uh, like Kyron Lacy, who, he grew up right up the road from me in Tibidale. Tibidale. Yeah, He'll catch one pass, he drops two. Uh, okay. And, and Brian Thomas is the same way. Hey, we all, we always if we go to the break. We
0: always look at plays that could change the outcome of the game. I'm not saying maybe it could have been a little close going back and forth. If Kyron Lacy uh. catches that ball before he heads up field, I think he might score. Yeah. It, it might, it, it think That I'll, was a lot of uh, open uh, ground. The,
3: the momentum changed right there. And I think if, he saw it. If, if that would occur. Because you could see he dipped his head to look down. To field, run. And he, and he drops the Catch ball. Catch it first, then run. We'll be back with more second guests live from the Silver Slipper Casino Meetside in Hancock County, Mississippi, right after this break.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Back here on the second guest show, Mike you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beatside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J. and I will be on until 8 o'clock tonight. We'll have on with us the voice of the Tennessee Titans at 7.20, Mike Keith, old friend of over 20 years, uh, will be on with us to tell us about the Titans. And at 6.20, big fave, Marlon Favorite, He saw what we saw last night. Uh, Former LSU uh, All-SEC player uh, on the national championship team and also with the uh, Saints uh, Super Bowl title team. Bob, I I got a bunch of texts about Keon Coleman and his recruitment coming out of Appaloosa. I can tell you because it came directly from Keon. I spoke to him. Mike, he went to Appaloosa Catholic? Yeah, Yeah, and so he was football player. Rantrack was a great basketball player. Actually, he had some basketball scholarships if he wanted to. Um, I think he would have wanted to go to LSU. LSU did not offer. And he told me that toward the end, because he signed on signing day, that it came down between... He really liked Tulane. Tulane had put the full court press on him uh, to go there. Um, Mississippi State was also another school in the mix, and Michigan State. And He kind of told me Michigan State last, and he was like, you know, I understand what they want to do offensively, but I really like what Coach Fritz is doing at Tulane. And he ends up signing at Michigan State, goes there for two years. Uh, Last year he led the team in uh, catches, receptions, touchdowns. He decided to go back. He he wanted to come back south. LSU did not offer. He goes to Florida State. So, so Mike, would
0: you say – because now you're you, never perfect. No, no, no. You're you never get, perfect. No, you got to keep it real. That coach O and all maybe um, didn't evaluate him uh, maybe in the future initially, and then in the transfer portal. Brian Co- and his uh, coach Kelly. Yeah. so Ellis so. you got uh, the double whammy strikeout, <laughs> right? Yeah.
3: yeah, it was like strike two. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, those things happen. Uh, That's what happens in the recruiting part of things.
0: Well, recruiting. Think about this, Mike. And you know, we think we should. Every stud in Louisiana should always go to LSU, right? If you're the best of the best. What just happened last week? Maybe it was a week and a half ago. uh, I think in the nation. That top uh, guy from, um, was it Acadiana, going to A&M? going to A&M. That, well, uh, that
3: was no surprise.
0: But no, but Mike, oh, we, did not, we did not
3: pay him enough money, maybe? A&M give him more money, or what? Almost from day one, he sort of indicated to you, if you spoke to him, A&M was on top of his list. So, yeah. yeah. Was that from a financial perspective, well, or I'm he sure wanted to is. leave the state? Well, because yes, the atmosphere. On, how far it is from Lafayette yeah, to College Station? No, yeah, yeah. If you have to look at it, that, yeah, yeah
0: it sounds like um, you're in East Louisiana or something. But, uh, you know, it's Lafayette uh, to Baton Rouge. I mean, it's, what, 40-something miles, 50 miles? So, But, but the, the thing is, the point I'm making, to me, that's a win-win situation. When you look at Texas A&M, Mike, and, and you, look, you look at LSU, let me tell you why that's a win-win situation if you're a player. LSU, you look at their stadium. Okay, when we're rolling, 100,000. Now, it depends now, they, it depends who you're playing to have that number. But you look at Texas A&M. You know what I was impressed with? We talked about this summer. I think we brought this up in August during Saints training camp. They sold over 90,000 season tickets. I'm not talking about 45, 50,000. Mike, over ninety thousand season tickets could have sold more but you got to keep an allotment for the away team But my Mike I don't even I don't know of any other university that has said okay the uh, the capacity of the stadium you look at the big house in Michigan you look at Tennessee whatever our season ticket holders I don't think anybody has sold that many before the season starts season tickets and what would they uh, they were not even 500 last year. A and M sucked. They, they're ready. Uh, the reason why they're not gonna run off Jimbo Fisher because ninety million. They, uh, you know, no, m- m- no. i no. I think it's right at seventy million. They would have to pay him. That's <laughs> a-
3: so. They want Jimbo Fisher to work out. That's why they brought in Bobby to straighten things out. On oh, that,
0: uh, th- that might be the best thing ever happened to Jimbo. Let him call the police You the run CEO.
3: And let Bobby run the offense,
0: Mike. Uh, that's why I think A and M could be like a dark horse. I think they are the dark horse, right? And, and I'm telling you, I, I, I think Bobby Petrino is that good. I mean, you might think, "Oh, well, what about?" You might the, not
3: like what he did. Yeah, bit, the, with but, the
0: motorcycle into I'm that, not. That ain't my business. No, I'm talking about like football wise yeah, and, yeah, and yeah.
3: what he knows and where he's been and calling plays and stuff. So when you think about it, Jordan Travis, transfer guy, he was from Louisville, right? Florida kid, goes to Louisville, then he goes to Florida State. The running back, Trey Benson, I saw him in high school. Bobby was from Mississippi. He goes Mississippi, Oregon, Florida State. Then you got Keon Coleman goes from Appaloosa. Michigan State. To Michigan State, to Florida State. And uh, Brandon Frischke, uh, who started for them last night, defensive tackle uh, from Central Michigan, LSU really wanted to get him and thought they had him for a little while. And then he goes to Michigan's, uh, to Florida State, too. Man, other than prime, you got to give Mike Norvell a lot of credit. Oh, a lot of credit. For What he's done getting guys out of the transfer portal.
0: Well, uh, Mike, and you might say, oh, Mike Norvell uh, can't control his team. I'm looking at the first quarter. Florida State had, like, five penalties for, like, 50-some yards. You know, I always say this, nine penalties or more 100 yards is going to cost you a touchdown if the game's close. But, Mike, uh, you know what it's like almost? He's just saying, okay, we got to settle down a little bit. Who, who looked more passionate in that game last night? Damn, Florida State, not LSU. They were bringing the wood. They were bringing the heat. It might be a late hit or not. But we live living on the edge. But, but it's, it's just like almost, it's like, oh, that might come back to cost them. But uh, I, I don't know. All I know is I looked at Florida State against LSU. They look like the team that was more aggressive, and I listen. Everybody follows the ball, and you can follow uh, what occurred because Mike. When you look at it, that's not an opinion. You look at uh, uh, like uh, what occurred with, with, with Keon Coleman, and and you look uh, like like Wilson. Okay, he had a but, uh, he went like 122 yards, three scores, and then uh, seven catches, 104 yards. So both of them are like 122, 104 yards. You can look at all that, and that's sexy. That's sexy because that, that's just skill, people. But I look what happens in the trenches when you punch somebody in the mouth and you're on the line of scrimmage and who's winning. That's where LSU got their ass kicked, and that's very humbling. That's humbling on the O and D line when like all of a sudden you think like, man, I think we're amongst the best. Florida State said, "Not so fast." No, we not so fast. They
3: basically said, "We better." And I left out one one other transfer portal guy, Jared Verse, who grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, had a chance to maybe walk on at Ohio State. Nah, decides he goes to Albany College, then from Albany goes to Florida State, and he's going to be a first-round pick next April.
0: Think of that. No, Mike, it's just, uh, you know, like you could be a late bloomer or whatever. Done for what him lately. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so you God. have to look at that because uh, Florida State, where their program is at right now, okay, right now, if you look at, okay, uh, if you're a fan and you look all the AP or the coaches poll and you look at preseason where you ranked. I would have no problem right now if they put Florida State number one or number two after, after week one. Okay, let me tell you why. I say I would put them there because look at the, who you played and how convincing it was. So I'm like, I think Florida State should jump that high simply because who they beat. Who did Alabama beat? Who did Georgia beat? They ain't played nobody. Come on. Florida State played somebody with a fifth-ranked team, and they whipped their ass. And that's why I'm telling you, I, I put Florida State up
3: there. We had Ira Shofalo on who uh, has a podcast and covers Florida State. He said, Mike, we need some of your luck because <laughs> you know why? We have not beat Clemson seven straight oh, years. That, that. And so they got, they've got they had their number. And, that, that, and, and he said, even if we lose this game to LSU – the real important game to beat Clemson. It's Clemson because and, and, of the title. And, and, and Mike, title. I'll
0: tell you at Florida State, you let them beat Clemson on uh, September the 20-something. It's, it's coming right around, the it's right around the corner. They
3: beat Clemson. Florida State's gonna run the table. They got the potential really, yeah. really, really, to do it. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break here on the Big 870. Big John will be coming to you right here on the Big Eight Seventy WWL. here on the second guest show mike to tell you along with the cajun cannon bobby a bear live from the silver slipper casino beachside in hancock county mississippi we're going to go to our oakland hard talking text line with big john big john you're in the huddle with bobby and mike good afternoon gentlemen and a
5: very happy labor day uh yesterday was uh, really a labor watching the uh, second half of that football game oh, good. and uh yeah uh you know I didn't think that Brian Kelly was going to be able to uh, turn the LSU program around overnight. And, and maybe last year uh, was maybe a little jump ahead quicker than, than even we expected. But LSU looked le- last night like they were not yet ready to take the next step. And I mean, I, I know some people were actually saying that LSU was in the conversation for the, for the playoffs. But when you know when you're angling to be in the discussion for the 14 playoff, you don't spit the bit when you have the chance to go up early and seize some momentum like LSU did early in the game, and and those red zone um, breakdowns, that's just that's inexcusable. You you can't have. That. And, and you know, Big John,
0: you could not because I'm telling you, I'm not talking about you. Got to punch it in, uh, but the Tigers reached uh, the Florida State red zone. Five or six possessions, and it was like uh, we can't finish the deal? And you got no.
3: 17 points. No,
0: yeah, you're, you're not going to win. <laughs> not in that. <laughs> uh, uh, not, I mean, not with uh, that ratio. That, that's now, that I, that's why, I, I, even though we had the league at ha- lead at halftime,
3: I was not encouraged. No, he was shaky, and no, he that, gave me a call about some drops.
0: Too, yeah, so yeah.
4: We
5: were both shaky at that yeah. point. You know, th- this is a game. You know, when you play in a big game like this early in the season and, and any time of the season – It's a game of momentum, and and you you know you lose the momentum early when you when you uh, don't make those conversions of the of the opportunities. And you know Florida State was making some pretty uh, undisciplined penalties and giving LSU a lot of breaks early on. And you don't take advantage of that. That just trickles down to the rest of the team. And yeah, LSU got beat up front. There's no doubt about it. But you could almost feel that LSU just kind of the air went out of the sails with the with the drops. Uh, with the the lack of conversion in the red zone, um, you know you you just got to seize control of the game. And and the LSU wide receiver core, you said it, they're probably very talented. They probably are, are great in practice, but you you know you got to play uh, when the whistle sounds and the clock's running. You got You got to make those catches. And those drops came at crucial crucial moments. And Man. I said. That, that turned the momentum of the game, and you could see LSU, the, the air just kind of went out of the balloon at that point. Well, and, and you know, Big
0: John, uh, I'm like, look, at, come on. Uh, I don't know you have pressure and you got to uh, feel the punt or whatever it might be, uh, but it's like, isn't it almost like uh, like you're biting your fingernails or it's a challenge? I'm looking at even the first punt, like Greg Clayton back there. He's falling down backwards in a fair catch, and he catches it. I'm like, whoa. I mean, a lot of times you can muff that, and then later in the first half we thought he might be the answer, Aaron Anderson from Carr, and then he muffs a punt at the 21-yard line. I'm like, uh, boy, that's one thing when you look at, like, uh, special teams. How You know, like offense, defense, and when you truly try to be a champion, that can't be a liability. It can't be like, I hope we catch the damn punt. Uh, listen, I- I'm almost at the point. Where LSU needs to find, like a uh, uh, Lance Moore, they, I uh, think uh, Clayton's uh, that uh, guy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. To to catch <laughs> the ball. I don't care if we don't have no return. Please just catch the ball.
3: The, I don't care if you fair catch it. Guys, the other thing too is, and if you watch, every time LSU fielded a punt. They had a couple of three Florida State defenders right there. But that's terrible. They, they are not kind of what I would call lock and hold up with the guys gunners at the all. line of scrimmage. They they get in a free run down field. Come on, you got to coach that. There's part no of it. space. There's no
0: space. That ain't any space. Where you look at old school like Bobby April or uh, Coach uh, Greg McMahon. Greg McMahon. The, the, yeah,
3: yeah. The, that the, the, was taught the, about kind of lock and kind of hold up your man. To give your punt returner or kick returner an opportunity to see some open field. No, so all all they saw was other Florida State. So all
0: of a sudden, the uh, the returners are they're like freaking out because everybody's around them, and they get a little nervous, and they don't feel a clean punt. I mean, you got to have some kind of separation. I, I mean, uh, does coaching come into play there? Well, that you you gotta emphasize in your coaching. well, Well, we made changes. Uh, but he's now uh what. An AD or something. Who was the guy yeah, last Coach year? Coach yeah, 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 Bill yeah, Pullian. yeah, yeah. The Bill Pullian son. He's like somewhere. So a prestigious university. Um, I, I can't think of the name right now. But the bottom line is, you can't be at LSU, and that's not an asset with the that, athletes. With you the got? athletes and the return one. that should then, be
3: a plus for you
0: all the time. So not a liability. Is like, oh, just.
3: I hope we just feel the ball and,
0: and, and we don't fumble it.
3: What? Come on. All I think I know is that dude that coached Florida State's uh, special teams, they they didn't give LSU's return men any out. Where did LSU have
0: the edge as far as coaching? You just watch <laughs> the game. Let's say you're watching the game. I don't care about LSU. I don't care about Florida State. You look at uh, O-line, D-line. You look at receivers, DBs. You look at every position. Where did LSU outcoach Florida State? Nowhere. Uh, Nowhere. It didn't happen. Uh, Nowhere. Uh, Any uh, offense, defense, special teams, Mike, come on. Did
3: they win the battle anywhere? Okay, tell me one standout guy on that LSU unit yesterday other than Makai Wingle. He was in the backfield more than Jordan Travis was. He was in the
0: backfield, but then he got tired. Uh, the, and the, the, he, had, he got double teamed yeah, in he the got, second yeah, half, yeah, too, yeah. a lot. The, the, a yeah, lot. The, the whole thing, uh, people say we didn't miss Mason Smith in what? this game. No, we missed Mason Smith in this game because I think, like you said earlier, Mike, this team in Florida State, uh, you know, Alabama people, they got Alabama people here at the slipper. But I'm telling you, Florida State's way better than Alabama this year. I can tell you that right now. Uh, uh, now, I don't think I'm wrong on this, so just wait. I'm telling you right now, though,
3: Mike. They got well, one major hurdle, and it, it becomes mental. You lose to a team seven straight times? Clemson. Yeah, with Clemson, right. It, it does become that. We'll be back to finish it up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break. We're here at the Silver Slipper Casino Beatside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. We're finishing it up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. We live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beatside in Hancock County, Mississippi for our second guest show. And we're going to go back to our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. We're going to go to Hollywood and Thibodeau. Hollywood, you're in a huddle with Bobby and Mike.
5: Hello, Bobby. Hello, Mike. How y'all making out? All right. We're doing good, Hollywood. Hey, after last night, embarrassing Los Dallas, you, I think they're, they're ready for some who that NFL football coming Sunday. Ready for some football, huh?
3: Well, we'll hey, get Bobby, it. We'll start uh, Thursday night. You start Thursday night uh, with the Chiefs. Now, I want to see how the Chiefs defensively, man, they can say, oh, uh, Chris Jones, he ain't that big of a loss. Yeah, wait till you don't play without him. Well,
0: and, and the thing is, the Lions have a top ten offensive line in the NFL. And without having him, Mike, watch if they don't uh, try. That might be more of a shootout than people think. Well, and I'm telling you, to help out Jerry Goff, uh, Dale, to keep the ball of Pat Mahomes' hands, watch the rushing attempts the Lions are going to have.
3: Yeah, well, and, and they use the first-round pick on Gibbs from Alabama, uh, who also is a really good receiver coming out the backfield. But Chris Jones... Man, all this stuff about next man up, man, they, they lying to you. There ain't no next man close uh, to what Chris Jones is. Now, they did bring in Neil Farrell from LSU. God, he's a nice player. right? But he ain't Chris Jones. Man, Chris Jones is in the league by himself. Well,
0: if he's not around, I'm telling you, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, they might have to score to all of a sudden get off to a great start in September, 30-plus points.
3: I'm just telling you. Well, I think you uh, might be conservative on 30.
0: No, no. It might but, be more than that. <laughs> well, I mean, like 30 plus. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, like if you score like 27 or something, that might not be enough. Mike, I, but, uh, I think that's what it is. They might lean upon Pat Mahomes like that. Yeah, you're going to have to. What you got, Hollywood? Hey,
5: Mike, with the uh, roster that's set within the All-In Saints right now, are y'all still confident that we're going to get double-digit wins?
3: I am. I, I think they'll get the 10 wins. Uh, I I really do. Uh, I I think they're a good football team. Again, everybody sort of is pencil thin at some areas. But uh, the quarterback position settled. I think you're better at the receiving core with the young receivers developing with Olave and Rashid Shaheed and Juwan Johnson at tight end still question the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, without a doubt. Big uh, time. It, it, Hollywood, like Mike saying with the
0: offensive line, I remember when the schedule came out, I said, come on, if we're worth our salt, uh, we definitely should have double digits. And I remember, you know, we do the media poll, Mike, and I was saying 11 wins. But after watching training camp where we had on the O-line, I wanted to change it <laughs> to 10 wins, but I was like, well, I said. You uh, already went I, I said 11 in the spring when the schedule came out, so. No, no, uh, but anything under ten wins, eh, head should roll. I mean, because you look at the strength of schedule, who we playing? No gunslinger quarterbacks other than one in
3: Trevor Lawrence. Hey, listen,
0: we don't Come play, on. we don't play a quarterback that you view amongst the best until October the 19 on Thursday Night Football in the um in in the season Superdome against the Jaguars. Come on, Trevor Lawrence. No,
3: uh, Mike, i will I, tell you, we should get off to a great start. And you know what? And I, I question the defensive line, but I feel much better about that today. Uh, I, I really do. We'll talk a lot more about that and more right after this news break here on the Big 870. Mike Detailier, along with the Cajun Cannon Bobby A. Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.